Good morning, goddesses and gods alike. This is Shannon, and I'm your host, and you're listening to the Goddess Morning Show podcast, where you can tune in every weekday morning for an approximately 20-minute long episode to start your day with updates on things that matter to a community of awake and conscious individuals who seek the divine feminine in all we do. We sift through all the copious amounts of information on the internet to bring you news and information on the things that matter to you. Tune in to hear about environmental news and book releases, interviews with thought leaders influencing the awakening of humanity, the moon phases, planetary positions, crystal healing, herbal and holistic health, guidance on green living, and that's just naming a few. Please remember to subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to us on right now. Be blessed. Namaste. Good morning. It is Thursday, April 9th, and this is the Goddess Morning Show, and I'm your host, Shannon. Um, In the meantime, while I'm waiting on Anchor FM to resolve the issues with their platform recording, having a ton of static in the background or sounding really really distorted i'm going to be recording the episodes on my phone so please bear with me in the process because the sound quality is not as good but i will push through doing it this way while i wait on them to resolve their issues i think they're backed up because of the coronavirus and having to work from home possibly but we will persevere all right So our first article today is Nature Spirits and the Fae. And this article was actually written on April 9th of 2019 by Phoenix LeFay. And it says, oh, gentle pagan folk, I must admit, I love how we need to define everything down to the most minute detail. Boxes on boxes on boxes on boxes. I also love how in our definitions we become so certain that our way is correct and anything else is hogwash. There is a bit of hullabaloo around the description of nature spirits and the fair folk or fae. There are some compelling arguments about definitions and titles. I do love hearing other people's perspectives and practices. However, I don't by any stretch of the imagination think there is only one clear definition. My human hubris is not so bold as to think there is even one way to understand these concepts and how it might work in any of the other worlds. Much of our modern lens of the Fae is tainted with Victorian fairy obsession, which often had very little to do with fairies. I think virtually anyone walking, working with the Fae, knows that the little winged creatures are not the only form the Fae may take. I'm not really sure what folks mean when they use the term nature spirit. However, I do use the term spirit of the land or spirit of place, and I do consider these spirits fae. Here's what I know to be true. The fae are not one thing. There are a vast number of different beings that fall under the category of fae. There are a complex tree of organisms much like what we might think as mammals. The only thing I remember from eighth grade science is the taxonomy, hierarchy, kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, and species. This is a concept that fits well to the complexities of what I'm talking about. 
There are a lot of fays in the kingdom of fay, but when you boil it down to the species level, they are vastly different. Our human need to categorize things might call them spirits or fay or nature spirits or whatever. In reality, we are talking about a complex system of beings that don't really fit into the boxes that we want them to. I'm hearing a lot of chatter about the fair folk lately, which I love because I love me some fay, but the fair folk are a specific type of fay. Not all fae, spirits of the land, or other classification are the fair folk. And I believe that this is where a lot of the confusion comes in. As I said before, I am loving this being a topic of conversation. Here's my bottom line. If you're new to working with the other worlds or the fae, don't make any assumptions. We are not talking about creatures with the same understanding of morals or ethics as humans might have. Proceed with caution be polite, and take nothing for granted. All right, our next article is Concrete May Soon Be Recyclable Thanks to New Research. And this was written by Eliza Sullivan on February 21st of this year. And it says, apparently the concrete industry is going green. First, scientists brought the material to life seriously as a part of efforts to make it more sustainable. And now researchers at the University of Tokyo are working on making concrete recyclable. One of the most common materials on earth, concrete, and the production of it has increasingly come under the microscope for its significant carbon footprint. A whopping 6% of global CO2 emissions come from its production, and society has been using the same process for making concrete for about 100 years. It's about time that science took a crack at improving this everyday material. So how do you make concrete already recyclable? When concrete is made, the process involves aggregate, which is pebbles and crushed rocks, and cement. While aggregate may be recyclable, it's not just the part of the process that's hurting the environment. Just reusing the aggregate from old concrete is unsustainable, said Lee Liing the study's first author, because it is production of new cement that is driving climate change emissions. Using a new process, the researchers were able to create a product that uses old materials to make something new and apparently better. Most of the recycled products we are exhibited were, were made exhibiting better bending strength than that of ordinary concrete, said senior author Yuya Sakai, PhD. While bending may not be a good word you'd necessarily associate with good for concrete, it will allow structures to move and renders it less likely to crack. They also made the substance stronger with increased pressure and temperature during production, so it'd still work like concrete. The new material was made by adjusting the mixture and adding a resource that doesn't need to be synthesized, wood. They even used recycled wood to further limit the environmental impact on the new process. The way it's made also may render the material biodegradable in the right conditions, thanks to the wood component. So what impact will this have on the industry? Greener buildings are already being built, but advances in concrete technology will make one of our most frequently used materials less damaging so that buildings can continue getting greener. These findings can promote a move toward a greener, more economical construction industry that not only reduces the stores of waste concrete and wood,
but also helps address the issue of climate change, said Sakai. The researchers also believe that the process they use to start recycling concrete may lead to further breakthroughs like the ability to make all new concrete from a mixture of plants, sand, and gravel. While we won't be able to necessarily or necessarily need to worry about recycling concrete ourselves, we should all make sure we're recycling what we can the right way and that we're trying to reduce and reuse things as much as we can. All right, our next article is talking about a closed loop cleaner that is made almost entirely out of food waste. And this article was written by Emma Lowe, Emma Lowe, and it was written February 4th of this year. This is peep the ingredients of the cleaning products under your sink and you'll find that most of them list water first. Some of them could be up to 90% water by weight. In an effort to make products that are more compact and less resource intensive to ship, some sustainably minded home and beauty brands are now pioneering a push toward waterless concentrates. Ambrosia, the parent company of a new line of cleaners called Yeelys, is taking a different approach. Instead of mixing water in their product altogether, they're reverse engineering its base liquids and active ingredients out of, wait for it, food waste. Under the leadership of co-founders Amanda Weeks and Brett Van Alsberg, the New York-based company partnered with local waste haulers to collect food waste from corporate cafeterias around Manhattan and deliver it to their Newark facility to be broken down. An estimated 45 trillion gallons of water go into the food that Americans throw out annually. And over the course of years, the Vellis team discovered how to tease it out using an acid fermentation process. They essentially separate the waste into four usable ingredients. Water, acetic acid, which is the building blocks of a vinegar, lactic acid, which is an antibacterial agent, and alcohol, a disinfectant which is then turned into an all-purpose cleaner that's 97% food waste. The other 3% is natural fragrance. Beyond being an awesome science experiment, this production method comes with environmental benefits. Since everything is created under one roof, ingredients don't need to be shipped across the country from various manufacturing facilities. The ingredients are also locally sourced and as natural as what you'll find on a salad bar. But don't worry, thanks to an essential oil blend, your all-purpose cleaner won't smell like Caesar dressing. And while one product won't solve the mounting food waste crisis, it can help drum up interest in waste as a raw material, as a raw material, and keep a small portion of it out of the landfill. One reason US recycling systems are in jeopardy is that there's not enough demand for organic and non-organic waste. When treating waste as a resource, you can reduce overconsumption of both resources and greenhouse gas emissions from landfills, a double negative, if you will, Weeks tells Mind Body Green. Starting this week, you can find the closed loop cleaner packaged in recyclable aluminum on the Veles website. And I'm going to spell that for you. It's V-E-L-E-S. It comes in at $20 a pop, a pricey amount for what it is but the company will soon launch refills at around half the cost and they're hoping that the price will continue to go down as they scale the goal is to ultimately set up manufacturing facilities in cities around the u.s where food waste is in abundance so basically everywhere and they're not stepping at they're not stopping at cleaning products 
With this process, food waste could get a second life across industries and applications. We want to make this approach available for products that already exist rather than just making new stuff for people to buy, says Weeks. All right, so our next article is 10 Easy Ways to Clean Your Home of Negative Energy by Chris Ferrero, and this was written on January 29th of this year. And it says, you're likely already clearing your home of physical clutter, so why not tend to its energetic clutter? Everything is made of energy, and it's very easy for that energy to build up at home and bring you down. Getting in the habit of removing the negative, chaotic energy that surrounds you could make your space feel lighter, brighter, and more creative. Here's how it's done. So times when it's essential to clear your home's energy are when you're in a funk or having a bad day, negative energy in your home may be feeding those feelings. Or if, you're, if you are just sick, along with the stress of feeling under the weather, the physical condition carries negative energies into the space around you. Or following a breakup or loss, clearing during heartache or grief can help you to process pain and move forward. Or after arguing with your partner, you said some things, they said some things, now the disagreement is over and it's time to clear the air, literally. Or possibly during any major life transition, like a new job, partnership, pets or babies arriving, clearing out the old space creates space for the new energy these things bring. Or when you're feeling stuck. If you want to improve your life and haven't made progress, it might be time to question whether your home is keeping you stuck in the past. So number one, set a new intention for your home. Form follows thought. Before you do anything, set a specific intention for your home. What do you want your space to help you release? How do you want your home to feel? For example, you could say, my intention is to cleanse negative energy from my home so I'm focused and productive. Or, my intention is to release my ex's energy and feel peaceful again. Speak your intention out loud to set the shifts in motion. Number two, try sage smudging. People all over the world burn herbs to clear negative energy, and one of the most widely used is sage. The herb is harvested and dried, often in a bundle, then burned for its cleansing smoke. To smudge sage at home, place your dried sage in a fire-safe container and light until you see a flame. Blow it out. The orange embers will continue to burn. Fan the embers while spreading smoke thoroughly into every crevice of each room. If you have asthma or are sensitive to smoke, Skip this one and clear your space using plants instead. All right, number three is to strategically place your crystals. Crystals are gifts from the earth that carry various beneficial vibrational properties. So use stones to clear negative energy. And those two really good ones to suggest would be black tourmaline and hematite. Number four, make noise as you walk through your space. The sound of drums, gongs, and even clapping hands can break up negative energy. For an at-home sound ritual, start at your front door and move clockwise through the inner perimeter of your home, playing an instrument or clapping toward the walls until you've made a full loop. Number five, burn incense. Palo Santo is a type of fragrant wood that's native to South America and can be burned as incense. It is thought to be a vigorous energy cleanser. Just light one end of a stick and spread the smoke as you would with smudging. Number six, bring your salt out of the kitchen. 
Salt has been used for sterilizing everything from cutting boards to wounds, and it clears energy too. Here are some ways you can utilize it through your home. Dissolve sea salt in a spray bottle filled with water and mist the air of every room. Place a thin line of sea salt in front of your home's entrance or around the perimeter of your property. Include a small dish of salt on your altar. Dissolve a salt in water used to clean surfaces and floors. Or use Himalayan salt lamps. Number seven, give the whole place a fresh lemony scent. There's a reason so many cleaning products are lemon scented. The smell of lemon is naturally invigorating and uplifting. And here are some unexpected ways to use it at home. You can simmer lemon peels in water and let the steam scent your space. You can leave small dishes filled with lemon slices around your home, or you can put lemon essential oils in your diffuser. Number eight, fill your space with the smell of plants. Lemon isn't the only scent that can give your space a quick boost. Sage, lavender, and frankincense essential oils can be great at dissolving negativity. You can either place them in your diffuser or clean or fill a clean spray bottle with equal parts witch hazel and distilled water and add 20 to 30 drops of essential oil of your choice, shake and mist your living space. Or opt for fresh scents instead of place instead of um, fragrant plants. Or you can put um, fresh scents like those of fragrant plants such as peace lilies, aloe vera, or English ivy in vases around your home. Number nine, harness the power of imagination. Imagine a glowing golden light inside your heart space. As you breathe in deeply, expand that light until it's outside of your body. Now spread that light into your living space with the intention that all of the negative energy is cleared out. Number 10, clear out your clutter. Physical dirt and clutter can make space feel unwelcoming. Keeping a clean, clutter-free home means negative energy won't have a place to congregate. Last but not least, open your windows. Allowing fresh air in also lets negative energy out. Make energetically cleaning your space a regular part of your routine with, and within a short time, you will feel lighter, brighter, and better able to take inspired action in your life. All right, so I'm going to also give you a elderberry and echinacea tincture recipe. The prep time for this is about 10 minutes and it needs to rest for 42 days. And it yields 150 doses and the total cost will be around $7. And this information comes to us from Colleen at growforagecookferment.com. So you'll need pint mason jars, cheesecloth, a fine mesh sieve, a small funnel, and dropper bottles. And you take one cup dried elderberries, or you can also use fresh if you have access to them. And you're gonna take uh, 375 milliliters of 80 proof vodka, and one cup of dried echinacea, and 375 milliliters again of 80 proof vodka. So fill your jars one half to three quarters way full with the dried herbs, then completely cover them with the vodka. Cover tightly with a lid and gently shake to make sure that all the dried herbs are saturated. Keep the jars in a cool place and a cool and dark place for four to six weeks. Check on them from time to time and rock the jars back and forth a bit. 
Add more alcohol if needed to keep the herbs covered if evaporation has occurred. Allow four to six weeks, the tinctures will be dark in color and ready to strain. Place a piece of cheesecloth in a fine mesh sieve over a bowl or large jar and pour out the contents of the tinctures. Squeeze out as much liquid as you can from the cheesecloth. The echinacea in particular holds a lot of liquid in the dried root matter. And then as a dosage for adults, you can take one quarter to half a teaspoon every hour during illness. You can also transfer the tinctures into more traditional dropper bottles using a small funnel if that suits your fancy. It makes it easier to get the right dose that way as well. And the tinctures last for years. And when I say this, I'm saying um, you can make it, you know, where you put half and half of the elderberry and echinacea in each jar or you can make one just of echinacea and of course one just of elderberry and then take them both uh, for wellness after they're done. All right so that's our episode for today and um, I hope that everyone is um, staying blessed, safe, and healthy and social distancing. Until we meet again, Blessings to you. Namaste.